They teach us that birth needs medical intervention, that labor hurts. So we wonder why we should go through pain to welcome our baby into the world. Then we hear about obstetric violence that leaves us with a bitter taste birth experience and a feeling that there must be more to birth. I hear all of this and I believe with all my heart that another reality is possible. That as women, we all have the keys inside us to birth our babies and their placentas. My name is Mags and with my husband Keith, we are the Quantic family. Every week, I get the privilege to sit with passionate people that speak, speak to us authentically about birth and the quantic energy around pregnancy, birth and beyond. My intention is to diffuse their messages to allow you to make enlightened choices that truly resonate with who you are. I see this podcast as a caring and intimate place where you can allow yourself to be who you truly are and reconnect to the power within you to accompany your baby on his journey. I also wish for your partner to find his place in the middle of this transformational process so that together you become the strong foundation of your family. I truly believe that along we go faster, but together we go further. So join us. Together, let's come out of the belief system created by our society and reconnect with our intuition. Each birth is unique. May yours be truly authentic. What a pleasure to be back with you in this new year 2021. My name is Mags and I hope you are ready to launch this new year's journey towards your true and authentic self. I've prepared for you fantastic episodes with passionate people and surprises are to come along. I am still passionate about birth and the quantic around pregnancy, birth and beyond. Before I leave you with today's episodes, I am so happy to tell you that Keith and I, the quantic family, we've prepared for you a series of th three free videos to involve your partner in making childbirth an enhanced, positive and transformational experience. You will find the link to um, this series underneath the podcast episodes. And you can also find it in our link tree on Instagram and Facebook. Each birth is unique. Make yours be truly authentic. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to the podcast Authentic Birth. My name is Mags. And you can find me on the social media as the Quantic Family. And today I am honored to have with us Chris Tazwriter. Chris is the author of a book called A PhD in Me. He is the founder of the PhD in Me Institute. He's a coach, a mentor and a Sherpa for people on their journey to their own PhD in me. He is also the father of a blended family of 11 children, and he accompanied to this world seven births. Wow. I am really happy to have um, Chris with us today because the full title of his book says, a PhD in me, E equal OB square, the University of Consciousness. And there I'm like, whoa, okay, 
I have so many things I would like us to share with Chris. So let's let's do it. So first, please, a PhD in me. Why? Why? Um, good question. Um, it just. <coughs> pardon me. Hang on. Sorry. Um, it was just something that emerged. Um, the writing of the book was a, I don't know, five, six year process. And towards the end, maybe a, a year or two before it was published, I was sitting at a corporate conference um, and I was drawn to say something, you know, to contribute to the conversation. And suddenly the words came forth from me, um, I'm doing a PhD in me. And I went, oh, my God. And that was like it. That was that was the, the, the message from the universe. That is what the book is supposed to be called. And, I mean, I've read the book many times now and, and certainly more than anybody else on the planet so far. But every time I read it, I go, oh, my God, who wrote this? This is really good. And it's like the book wrote me rather than me writing the book. And so the title just emerged as a message that I'm meant to deliver just the same as the contents of the book. Yes. So can you remind us what PhD means? Because PhD, you see it um, on a lot of people's title. Yeah. So... Let me just grab a copy of the book because there's a, a paragraph in there that specifically goes to the question that you're asking. Sorry, I should have had a copy in front of me. Um, let me see how easily I can find it. So the, the letters PhD stand for Philosophical Doctorate. And... Now, maybe um, I won't look for it now, but there, I found a dictionary definition of PhD, which says something along the lines of that it is an assumption by an eminent philosopher which disagrees with the view commonly held by society, but that um, something along the lines of that um, if an ordinary person had that assumption, um, it wouldn't um, it wouldn't be recognised. So just <laughs> academia talks about it being an eminent philosopher that if an ordinary person made that statement, nobody would take any notice. So that kind of already put a red flag up to me. Um, and I don't consider myself an eminent philosopher, but a PhD in, in traditional academia has a thesis. And the thesis of my PhD is my PhD in me is that everything I was taught as a child growing up was either completely false or only partially true or only part of the truth. And I have not found anything yet that doesn't fit into that category. And so the journey is a is about giving yourself the gift of curiosity that questions everything and that's what the PhD in me is about. It was a realization that when I arrived in this life, I arrived here as nothing but pure potential, pure love and pure potential. And I had the potential to have any thought and any experience. But then the world got a hold of me and wanted to teach me all of its dogma and all of its learned beliefs. And depending on which little parcel of land on the planet I was born into, you know, I could have been born into a, a Zulu village in South Africa or a kibbutz in Israel or a, a Ku Klux Klan town in Southern America or anywhere else. And the people and the tribe and the family and the religion and the culture would have got hold of my mind and filled it with the learned beliefs of that, of that, you know, group of people. And that became, for all of us, our learned beliefs and our operating system. And 
I had to realize and come to the understanding that I have beliefs, but that I am not those beliefs and that those beliefs were put into me involuntarily. I was an involuntary participant, like the domestication process. If you, for instance, take a wild horse, catch it from the wild, put it in a paddock and in a, in a fenced yard, and then teach it to live in a domesticated environment. That's kind of what happens to us as human beings. We arrive as these free spirits, and then this process that humanity has used so far and which we're hopefully outgrowing now, um, domesticates us. And so the PhD in me is about recognizing that and then about not making that process wrong, but saying that it's an invitation to say, now is your time to move beyond that. Now is the time to find and recognize the beliefs that you have, have a conversation with them, ask yourself, are they really true? Do they really serve me well? And then perhaps start to replace them with beliefs that you choose intentionally and consciously, as opposed to the ones that were put in there um, by force. Absolutely. So go with curiosity. Yeah. And search these beliefs that have been put in us to kind of yeah. program us, program yes. us to fit in society yeah. yeah okay so that that's a fantastic um okay so we are programmed and we can move out absolutely yeah and the formula on the front page which you read out e equals ob squared that was one of the things that emerged from this and i had no idea what those letters meant the first time i wrote them down and I thought, oh, this is a funny play on Einstein's theory of relativity, right? But that's just a pure coincidence. And, and in a way, there's a similarity because the E stands for energy. And part of what this journey is about is recognizing that the universe is not made of matter, um, is not made of atoms, it's made of consciousness and energy. And so the left-hand side of the equation refers to the fact that we are energy and everything is energy and we are part of that energy of everything, right? Indivisible from everything else, except in the fact that our mind sees us as being, being separate. And then on the right side of the equation is the consciousness part and the letters, the OB squared stands for our outcomes are determined by our beliefs. And the squared symbol is our beliefs about our beliefs. So just like with, with gravity or with the physics that Einstein worked on, gravity is there and impacts and affects you whether you know it, recognize it or believe in it. And the beliefs and the impact that our beliefs are having on our life are constantly happening, whether we understand it and recognize it or, and whatever else. And the squared symbol is so important because this journey starts to expand when we change our beliefs about our beliefs. And that's what the squared symbol is, our beliefs about our beliefs. So it's a double kind of introversion. Yeah. We've yeah. got beliefs, but we have beliefs of our beliefs. Yeah, about our beliefs. Yes, absolutely. And it sounds, when I hear myself speaking to you, to some people, it may sound really philosophical, but it's not meant to be. It's as simple and as basic uh, a concept that I can explain to any little child. It's not meant to be high science or high philosophy. It's really, really, really simple. So can we take an example to make it simple? You can what say that again? Can we take an example to make it simple? Yeah. Um, and are you asking me that? I I, I can I can provide an example if you want. Yeah. Or, yeah. Please do. Okay. Please do. So, um, something that I think happens in a lot of people, and it's the first that comes to my mind. So it's the first I'm going to give you, is we grow with the belief that we are not good enough for yes. who we are. Yes. Yes. And when you say we grow with it, 
um, I can identify a whole world of things that put that into a new a newborn child and a toddler. Um, you know, everything from um, the majority of religions, I mean, take Christianity, you know, it, it, it's on one hand, it's so paradoxical. On one hand, it, it teaches about love. But on the other hand, it says you're a sinner and you're you're bad and you're terrible and you're guilty of this. And, 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 and it's a whole fear-based dogma that says you are unworthy and you're not good enough, right? And so um, that becomes a dominant belief inside. And the majority of human beings, you know, I have coached and mentored many people with many, many different self-sabotaging beliefs. But when you peel away the onion and all of the layers at the bottom is always a common denominator. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy to be loved. I'm unworthy. That's that's the fundamental belief that, yeah, what you touched on is so right. So, and so the healing journey about that is to rewrite that story, is to say, what was the story I was told? And our, our whole experience of life is a story. We're storytellers. And the most important conversation in my life and in each life is the things we say to ourselves about ourselves when we're by ourselves, right? It's, it's, and, but that is just a story. And as we change the story, then our whole experience of life changes. So we really need to go and listen to our thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that is... And listen to our thoughts and then listen to that other part that is deeper and more important than our current thoughts, and that is our essence. Because one of the things I discovered on this journey is that the outer part of me, my personality and my ego <clears throat> is experiencing life, but then I'm also observing it and I'm observing myself experiencing life. And the question is, who's the observer? And that my inner self, my essence, which is constantly there to guide me, but I had to learn and uh, like Chris' personality had to meet Chris' essence and they had to become really good friends. And Chris' personality had to learn to let Chris' essence steer this ship so that instead of my logical mind steering this journey, my, I allowed my essence to steer it. And, and it speaks to all of us, but... The world shouts and our inner voice whispers. And so we need to learn to quieten our life a little bit, quieten our mind a little bit so that we can actually hear it. And that's, again, part of the whole discovery process of this, this journey. And, and, and the chance that a pregnant lady has that is kind of offered to her when she's pregnant is she gets closer and more in tune into her essence yes. into her intuition yes so. and something that just came up for me and i have never had this thought before but i just had this sense when you said that that not only does she have her own essence but she has that totally pure and new essence of her child and that essence and that consciousness arrives at the moment of conception. And the interesting thing is, and I write about it in the book, that modern science is so advanced now that they have actually photographed the moment that an embryo is formed when the egg and the sperm combine at conception, there is actually a flash of light at that moment. And they have photographed that. And that flash of light, in my understanding, is consciousness entering and starting life. Wow. And, and so a mother has that wonderful gift of an essence and a being that has not been subjected to the domestication process of the world and that she has the ability to communicate with and to listen to, um, she has that wonderful, wonderful gift while she's carrying that new life. And there is so much that we don't understand about that process yet. And there is so much, you know, the funny thing is that that time can actually be a huge, huge 
healing process and healing journey for the mother and using the gift of that new life that wants nothing more than for, than to love her and to, for her to feel that love and for her to go through a healing journey. Um, but we haven't been taught that and we haven't been told that. So it's the, the work that you're doing is so wonderful and so valuable to guide mothers in that direction in a gentle way. Because society tells us that the doctors know. Yeah. <laughs> the doctor yeah. outside us with their scan and the blood tests yeah. and all this, they know better than us. Yeah, they know nothing. <laughs> and, and what you're saying here is kind of, let's, we all have a PhD in me, so we all have this yeah. philosophical doctor inside us that knows best yeah. for us. Yeah. So how, can you give us some, please go. No, no, go on. Can you give us some tips of uh, how to stop to, to to use this time to focus back on the inside of us? So one of the most common and most challenging questions to answer is always the, the how question. Because people ask, well, how do you get to this place? You know, I, I share with people that through this journey, I've arrived at a place where my default emotional state is one of inner peace. I just feel a sense of love, peace and joy. Doesn't mean that I don't get triggered occasionally. Doesn't mean that I not, um, you know, that I won't feel the emotions that come with the experiences of life. But my default state is to go back into into that right and so people will ask the question well how how do you get there and the answer is there's nothing you have to do we have to get over this idea you know we're called human beings but i think sometimes we should call ourselves human doings because we're so focused on what we have to do right and the answer is let go of the need to do something and just realize that you need to choose to be first and then the doing takes care of itself. And so kind of the answer to your question is just in the first instance to set the intention to, to experience those things, to discover those things, um, and then just having that intention and realising life I feel like life, the, the greatest choice and the only real choice that we get in this life is that moment by moment, life invites us to choose who we choose to be in response to each moment. So everything that comes um, at me and, and that I get to experience, every sight, every sound, every word, every person, every event, every trauma, um, everything is an invitation in that moment who I choose to be in response. And the choice is always kind of two sides of the ledger. Um, I can, because of my operating system and my triggers, choose to be stress and anxiety and worry and anger and fear and sadness and, and, and all of those things, or I can choose to be love, peace and joy. And as I learn to be choose that side, my whole experience of life changes. Everything, every moment looks different and feels different based on that choice. And so that's not to say, well, how do I, how do I stop those triggers? And the answer is slowly and progressively and by recognising that you are experiencing life and you're observing yourself experiencing life. And so part of that is about the observing that, we, we recognize when we say something we didn't want to say. We recognize when we get stressed, when we get angry and, and all of those things. And part of it is in the first instance to recognize it more and more and then not to chastise and punish ourselves and beat ourselves up. Why did I say that? Why am I feeling like this? And, and, and so on. But to learn to be 
far more gentle and forgiving with ourselves and say, okay, this was the response. This was my reaction. What could it have been, right? And so over time, we learn to recognize it sooner and sooner. So, and then we get to the point where we catch ourselves before we feel that way and before we say those things. Oh, and just as we're about to, we pull back and say, oh, it's a different choice, right? And then over time, it just becomes an automatic thing and it just becomes our natural state. Um, I learned to express it. And, and I remember I interviewed a friend of mine and she said, she said during the interview, you know, for all the listeners, she said, Chris, you know, says to me that he has this inner sense of love, peace and joy. But sometimes I just feel like slapping him because he doesn't realize that we don't all feel that way and know what that feels like. I said, well, I, I do know it. Um, <clears throat> but it started with microbursts. So I set the intention to feel to feel happy and to feel joyful and to do it in a moment and for a moment and to catch myself feeling a sense of overwhelming happiness, not because of anything that was happening around me, not because of anything in my physical world, but simply because I chose that emotion to come forth from the inside out. <clears throat> and Initially, that was in microbursts, so for a moment or for a short while. But as I became better at doing that, those microbursts of, of love and peace and of happiness came more frequently. And as they became more and more, they came more and more frequently, then they started to merge together and eventually they became a default state. So it was a gentle, slow, organic, natural process because I set the intention. And not because of anything that I had to do or that I knew how to do. I didn't know anything what to do, except that my essence knew what to do. And 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 I handed over the the guiding of well, I, the guiding of the ship. I had a friend who who kind of guided me through this wonderful experience about Chris personality meeting Chris essence, and she said to me. She said, you know, I sense that Chris' personality already really, really knows that Chris' essence is there and really idolizes and worships Chris' essence. But what he's doing is that every time he has a problem or has a question, he goes running to Chris' essence and says, what do I do now? What do I do with this? And then as his essence starts to speak, he goes, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I got this, oh, dude, yeah, and then runs off and, and gets back into the headspace, right? And by this time, I was laughing my head off so much because I had no, never heard anything so true in my life. It was so totally true. And then she said to me, she said, if you use riding a bike as a metaphor, your outer self, your personality, your ego is there to pedal, is there to provide the energy, is there to do the physical experiencing of life, to look around, to see the sights and all the experiences, but you're not meant to steer the bike at the same time because you've got no idea where you're, where you're meant to go. So hand over the steering to Chris' essence and let Chris' personality experience life and enjoy the all of those experiences. And that that was so profound and, and that had such a a profound feeling of advancement and of expansion um, in me, that, that metaphor. And it's how you link the two. I love yeah. that. that they, they, they are complementary. Yeah. And it's yeah. how you manage to reconnect the two so they work together. Yeah. As a team and not against each other. Yeah, exactly. And I feel, so I don't know if it's a lady or if everybody, you know, has the same feeling, but for me, it comes as a wave. Sometimes it just works and there's harmony yeah. and there's love and peace. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes there's chaos. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and, but I feel this is about life. Yes. 
do, do you have also these things where sometimes it's it's easy to find peace and sometimes it's harder? I do. Um, I guess the gift that I've given myself now is that when something comes along that throws me out of my natural state of, of inner joy, something that disrupts the, the, the harmony inside of me or if I, if I get stressed or whatever else, that other feeling, that other emotional state has become so strange to every cell in my body because science through epigenetics and other things has discovered that every cell is listening all the time and that our cells take their information about what's happening um, and respond to what's happening, but they don't see the outer world, but they see it through our perception and through the emotions and feelings that are caused. And so when, when I do get into a chaotic state or if I'm angry or stressed about something, the first thing that happens is that all the chemistry in my body changes. There's totally different chemistry generated. And every cell in my body, which is so used to that inner peace, starts complaining. And, and, and within 15 minutes, it's like my body is saying to me, what are you doing, you idiot? Can you stop it already? This feels horrible, right? And I think, what a gift. Like, I can't even imagine anymore I know that a large percentage of people live in a permanent state of stress and anxiety where the happiness and peace is a momentary thing that comes along occasionally and then we go back to our normal state of stress and anxiety, right? I cannot even imagine anymore what that feels like and I, I kind of know that your body becomes so desensitized and so numb that that becomes the normal state, right? Um but having changed that where the normal state is a completely different um, chemistry going on in my body where my cells are bombarded with chemicals that are designed to heal them and to bring me into a natural state of wellness and homeostasis so if i take myself outside of that my body's just complaining like hell and saying stop it this is we don't my cells are saying we don't want to feel like this can you go back to the nice space already um so that it, it feels nice in here again and that's such a gift and that wasn't what it felt like in my body you know even 20 years ago and so i one of the one of the gifts in me is that i was brought up in all of the traditional, with all the traditional dogma and all the programming that everybody else went through. And all the things I'm talking to you about, about now with you, um, 20, 30 years ago, Chris would have called all of that woo-woo, right? All of that rubbish. And I, you could have almost recognised me as the world president of the Skeptics Association. I'm right? sceptical about everything. But I have moved diametrically to such an opposite and different worldview and life view that there is a sense in me, gosh, if one little wood duck like me can go through such a massive transformation in such a short period of time, then 8 billion wood ducks on this planet can do the same thing. And that there is an impulse in humanity at this time. And I recognize it so strongly for us to move and progress and advance and expand to a higher level of consciousness. Um, not everybody is listening to that impulse. I get it. But more and more people are. And that impulse is in all of us. And so the PhD in me is both, um, I guess it's an invitation in the first instance for people to embark on that journey and to listen to that curiosity and to listen to that impulse to shift to a different level of consciousness and understanding where to where they are at this moment amazing and i, I um what i liked what what striked me when i read you know the resume of your book was yeah. um you know the environment of can affect us 
Yeah. Well, we are brought up with the fact that the environment affects who we are and how we react to it. Yes. And I like when um, you say it is much easier to change our mind if we're not connected to social consciousness. Yes. So there's this journey to move away from social consciousness. And yeah. at the same time, this is kind seems impossible because social consciousness is everywhere around us. Yes, yes. And, and in some way, some people have found this journey to be easier by moving into a cave or in a monastery and living a monastic lifestyle, right, where you're completely cut off from social consciousness and, and everything. But I feel that my calling is not to do that, but to be in the marketplace and to learn this in the marketplace and then to share what I'm learning and experiencing, not in a way of teaching anybody anything because I'm, I've, I have this strong sense. And it's funny because on the website, which is nearly ready to launch for the PhD in me, the motto is, this is the only place where you are taught nothing and where you learn everything. Because everything that I'm experiencing is uniquely personal and uniquely my truth. Um, and there may be value in it for other people, but it's their own experience of life and their own essence, which will tell you, which will tell them what the things are that are valuable for them. What I observe in those industries called self-help and personal development is that there are thousands, if not millions of people teaching something but they're teaching it as the seven secrets of that and the five steps to this and the way to achieve wealth and happiness and your perfect life partner and whatever else, which are things that people want. But what they're teaching is what they experienced on their own journey and worked for them. And they're doing it in a way that says, if you replicate what I did, you will have the same experience. But nobody will have the same experience because no two people ever have or ever will have exactly the same experience of life. And so I learned, for me, the learning journey is that every person who touches my life has something of value to teach me if I'm open to hearing it and to recognizing it. But I've done so many courses and webinars and, 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 and read books and watched films. And there was something for me to learn in all of them. But I had to recognize that I wasn't there to learn what the teacher wanted to teach me. I was there to learn what I sensed was the next lesson on my journey, which is almost definitely going to be different than the person sitting next to me on this side or on this side, whatever else. And so as I learned that and said, I just need to be open to what my next insight, my next aha moment, my next lesson is, because my essence keeps bringing them to me, but I need to stop looking for to the outside world for the answers. Because I'm asking the questions, and there's this funny thing about the question and answer relationship. Um, if we are all energy and everything is energy, um, an answer, a, a question is similarly energy and it's, it's thought energy, but the answer comes into existence at the same moment as we ask the question. But the question was born in here and the answer sits in here. And the answer is contextually linked to the question. So the answer can never be better than the question was. And so because the question is asked in the context of my current beliefs and my current disbeliefs, the answer has to fit the question. So when I go to the outside world and say, answer my questions for me, they're never going to fit. They're never going to be the right answer, right? And so one of the things that I have sensed and one of the things that's emerging from this journey is a, an observation 
that the age of the guru is over and the age of self-mastery is emerging. We're no longer supposed to look to gurus to tell us what to do, what to think, what the answers to our questions are, that we're not meant to look to the enlightened ones or the famous ones or on people on, on, on pedestals or, or dogmas of all different types and persuasions. Um, they are the things that prompt and stimulate our curiosity and our questions, but the answer has to come from within in order for it to be truly the right answer for me at this moment. So we use the environment to give us clue of yes. where to search inside us. Yes. yes. But it's what resonates inside us that is the correct answer. And the funny thing is that every time I learn something new and, and some new information or, or whatever else emerges, if it's meant to be my truth and if it feels true, there is a feeling in me really, really, really strongly, an overwhelming feeling that I'm remembering something than not learning something new. And that comes from the fact that my essence knows everything. You know, I've always, for, for decades, um, had a favourite quote which came from Socrates and he was quoted as said to have said, they call me the wisest man in the world, but I'm the only one who knows that he knows nothing. Now, when he's saying that, he's talking about his outer self. He's talking about his personality. And the very first words in the book go, to know that you know nothing is a great knowing. To know that you know everything is the ultimate understanding. All that remains is to discover which who you really are. So my, my essence, my inner self is connected to the universe. It's connected to the unified God, uh, to the unified field, to, to God, if you use that term. Um, and it knows, he knows, she knows everything. And my, my outer self knows nothing because what it knows and what it thinks it knows is just a made up story, right? And we believe in that story and we defend it and we call it the truth, but it never is and so that's the that's the expansion that happens is that there is all new creativity all invention inventions every poem every song it all emerges from the inside out from that font of all knowledge that science calls the unified field that religion calls god um and you can call it whatever you want to call it and I, I like um, this idea to say, you know, when a woman gives birth, you know, she goes into an altered state of mind, altered yes. consciousness yes. that allows us to connect with her instinct where she knows how to birth. Yes, absolutely. But then she also has got um, beliefs of what society told her. Yep. And the process of the pregnancy is kind of to give you the chance to come out of this belief system, yeah. the beliefs of your beliefs, to connect yeah. back to your essence and that part of you that knows. Yes because the beliefs that you're talking about are all fear-based and what makes the pregnancy so the birth process so traumatic is that there were nine months or a whole lifetime of fear-based beliefs around that process and so what you're doing and what i what i perceive that you're doing is helping and guiding people to let go of that fear and, and replace it with the pure joy of that journey. And the more that happens and the more that is allowed to happen, the more of a gift that birth process becomes and the more amazing it feels. And, and I don't say that. I've observed it. I haven't felt it. So I'm, I'm well aware of that. But, you know, I have certainly watched the... And, and been there and supported that process seven times. And yeah, I've always been in awe of it. And 
as I've gone further down this journey, I've thought about it and reflected about it and very much come to the same place and the same conclusions that, that you've come to about that whole, that whole process of us entering life. That is with your words. What is it with your words? What I've watched and observed. That's um, the difficulties and, and the trauma around it come from um, our outer selves and our logical mind and our learned beliefs and disbeliefs about it. But as we let go of that and let our consciousness, which ultimately is what um, holds this body together to be this walking, talking miracle, that consciousness um, has the ability to make that process the most wonderful joy-filled experience that a human being can go through. And it makes it a gift rather than a, um, a trauma. And I'm so careful to say that because there are so many women who will say, what the hell would you know? You're a man, you haven't felt the pain and you don't know what it's like. And I'm the first person to agree with that. I don't, right? I really, really don't. So, um, I feel eminently unqualified to, to speak about it because I haven't experienced it, which is why you're called to guide people on this journey and I'm not. Um, and I can, I can only offer some, some words and some thoughts and some insights which may or may not be helpful reflections for people as they do go on this journey and as they prepare for this journey. Um, and the, some of the stuff I'm saying to you now, I've never expressed before because I've never really had a conversation about this um, as deeply as, as we're having. So you have to excuse my clumsiness in, I, I haven't formulated these words very well yet. And at the same time, that's the magic of this conversation that we're taking to a certain depth that we're having. Yeah. And yeah. you haven't felt it in your cell, in this human body as the yeah. mom, but you've had your experience to be standing next to that woman you love. Yes. And welcoming these babies into the world. And one of the things that I have observed is that each subsequent birth and each subsequent um, preparation and, and, and period of labour has become shorter and easier than the previous one. And so then curiosity says, well, why is there? Why is that, right? Um, because I very, very much, it was like the last one was almost just popped out. And we just sort of went, oh, and there it was. Whereas the first one was a long 24-hour process of, of pain and, and, and suffering and whatever else. Whereas the last one was so... Um, so much easier and simpler. So, yeah, there's certainly a curiosity in me that says, why does it get easier? Um, I, I think it gets different. It gets because different, I, I, as, yeah. as, as you said it very clearly, each time you are offering to do a cleaning process. Yes. Yes. And that cleaning process happens as a certain time of your life that is different than the time you were before and the time you'll be yeah. after. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you're so right. So I asked you if you could give us like five practical um, suggestions to, to take on board, but not only for the mum, the couple for me is very important. Um, we, we brought our three children together into the world with my partner, Keith. Um, okay, I, I did the physical job, but he was there for me. Yes, yes. And um, um, one thing that I like that you said was communicate with your child every moment during the pregnancy. They are always yes. listening. Yes, 
and 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 you you revealed to me because I didn't know about this flash of light that happens yes. um, when the um, over of you. I don't know how you say in English. Yeah, well, so the sperm and the egg when they combine <laughs> to create the embryo. Yes. So since that point, there is a consciousness there. Yes. Yes. And 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 in our in our simple uneducated um, primitive human way, we think and we measure intelligence with with education and, and learning through this human journey. So you know, in the old paradigm, people would say, well, um, an 18 year old is much more intelligent than a newborn baby, and and a, a professor is much more intelligent than an 18 year old, and so on. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Right? And so the the whole the intelligence of the universe exists in that embryo, the moment that consciousness enters and life starts and so that that intelligence is there communicating with the mother and loving the mother and wanting to help the mother heal so that journey for instance can be a massive healing process if that is part of the mother's intention and desire and healing from what? Well, whatever it is that needs healing, like it's it's different in each one of us, and it can be physical, it can be emotional, um, it can be it can be anything. But um, to have two essences in there, loving you and guiding you, what uh, what a gift! Like I think, wow, <laughs> I don't get to experience that, but every every mother to be gets to experience that gift. Yeah, and it's. Be conscious about it. Bring consciousness yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a gift. It is a gift, absolutely. And, and and as you you said, ask yourself questions about it. Yes. Lovely. Would you like to add anything? Um, no. I would like to share the quote that you mentioned that motivates you. Yes. Happiness. Would you like to say it or is it okay for me to read it? No, no, please, you say it. Happiness is offering yourself to the world and knowing that it is enough. Sometimes in life, we just have to jump and grow wings on the way down. Yeah. I just love this view. <laughs> I do too. It serves me very well. It's beautiful. Just every day, in fact, we go and we make a new step towards unknown. Yes. Yes. And the whole book many, many, many times over says that the purpose of life is to make known the unknown. The purpose of life is not to keep repeating what we already know and what we've already done over and over and over again. But we have to let go of our fear of change because making known the unknown is about change. And so I've learned to love change and embrace it and look forward to it. But I know that's not how many, many people feel because there is an attachment to what is already known. And it's like, well, it's safer to stick with what we already know, even if it is painful, but better the, 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 the pain that I already know than the fear of the unknown. Um, so that again is one of the things that emerges on this journey is a recognition. And I heard this wonderful metaphor that I kind of laughed at when I heard it and giggled that most people live their life chewing on a piece of chewing gum and 
come going to bed, putting the chewing gum on the bedside table and in the morning putting the same piece of stale chewing gum back in their mouth and doing that day after day after day. Uh, because heaven forbid you get a new piece of chewing gum, what happens if I don't like the flavour of that new piece of chewing gum? I, I think I'll just stick to the stale one. Right? I, I just don't want to live life like that anymore. And life, it's so much more beautiful when when you leave that piece of chewing gum and you open yeah. up to the fields of possibilities that opens up to you. Yeah. And, you know, part of this journey for me was that I let go of organized religion in order to study spirituality and I let go of old traditional science and Newtonian physics and... Um, the science of scientific materialism to study quantum physics. And in studying those two, an amazing thing happened. And that was that science and quantum physics said the same thing, right? And it said that the universe is consciousness and energy and that there is a portion of that consciousness inside every cell, inside every life form inside us. And we're here for that universal consciousness, for God to experience herself through us because in that unified field, there is no experiencing life. And so we're here to experience life. And science has shown and can prove that the universe is consciously expanding. And, you know, according to some wonderful scientists, that there is not only an infinite universe, but there's an infinite number of infinite universes, right? So that concept, our brain can't even get its head around, so to speak. But we are meant to constantly expand. Just as the universe is, the universe stops experiencing life when I stop expanding, when I think I've found the truth and I put my stake down and wrap it up and protect it, then it's like, well, I've stopped and now I'm just waiting for entropy to set in and take my body. Right? And what a waste. What a waste of this gift of life because at that point, the purpose of my life has ceased to exist because I'm no longer experiencing life by allowing myself to expand outwards. My insights, my awarenesses, my thoughts, everything is meant to constantly expand. We're never meant to put a fence around it and protect it. Just as in the physical sense, we're not meant to accumulate wealth, put a fence around it and guard it and protect it and say, this is mine, right? This is how the whole world is in the mess that it's in. Um, this is how all the broken systems have been created because we feel this sense of scarcity. Oh, I've got something. There's not enough out there. Other people are going to take it from me. I have to hoard it and protect it. And, and, and so a, a, a horrible life ensures from, ensues from, from then on. So we are energy in motion and we're meant to constantly allow that to expand and to flow. So that means in our physical experience of life, it means in our emotions, in, in every sense of the word. And, and, and this is a gift we're given each time we are pregnant. Yes. To, absolutely. to, to bring ultimate. this expansion to the world, in our world, in yes. our families, the lo our loved ones, our environment. Yes, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Because everything that we have been talking about relates to the gift of life and the, the journey of carrying a life and, um, and giving birth to a new life. It all links to that and it all relates to that. Yes. Absolutely. Beautiful. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. <laughs>
underneath the episode. I believe that it is together that we go further. So please help me to connect with a maximum of pregnant couples to support them in their enlightened choices. Go on Apple Podcasts, find the podcast Authentic Birth, scroll down to the bottom of the page and find the section Ratings and Reviews, click on the number of stars that you would like to give to support the podcast. Five is the best to diffuse the message further. Looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. And in the meantime, look after yourself. Each birth is unique. May yours be truly authentic. <laughs>